Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor Study. When I was a little boy, almost none of my friends had divorced parents. But then as I grew up, the people behind us got divorced, the people next door got divorced. Today, get this, America has the third highest divorce rate in the world. Uh, Belarus and the Maldives, wherever that is, have a higher rate. We have the third highest divorce rate in the world. And so the question we're going to ask on this program is, what would Jesus say to America about divorce and remarriage? Especially, what would he say to the Christian church? I know a good church. It's a biblical church. They have like three pastors. So a pastor joins the church. He's married a divorced woman. The church gets to know his wife. They get divorced. He marries his next wife. They get divorced. He marries his third wife. And, and he stayed in the pulpit the whole time. And what does that say to the congregation except, well, if the pastor can do it, I can do it. So let's talk about divorce. Now, I know this is a touchy subject, I know, but we, we got to talk about it. I mean, somebody might say, well, pastor, do you think I'm a second-class Christian because I'm divorced? No, I don't. You know, listen, um, I, I went to a conference. I, one of the subjects was homosexuality. The pastor on stage was taking questions. One, one person got to the microphone. Pastor, I find homosexuals so disgusting in what they do. I know we're supposed to love them, but do you have any advice for me? And the pastor said, I am the worst sinner that I know. And if I know I am the worst sinner that I know, I can't look down my nose at anyone. That's my point, too. Look, we're all equally worthy of hell and damnation. No, you're not a second-class Christian if you're divorced. Still, we need to hear what Jesus said about divorce and remarriage. So would you take out your Bible, here we go, Mark chapter 10, and let's pray before we get into this sensitive issue, let's talk. Lord God, many people watching this show are divorced or they're thinking about divorce. Lord, we would pray your Holy Spirit would speak to us what you want us to hear about divorce and remarriage. And then God, give us the grace to hear and to obey what we now hear. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 1. Jesus left there and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan, and crowds gathered to him again. And again, as was his custom, he taught them. And Pharisees, that's the Jewish religious leaders, Pharisees came up in order to test him. They didn't like Jesus. And they asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Let me explain this. There were two schools of the Pharisees. The conservatives were called the Shammai 
Pharisees, they believed you could only divorce your wife if she commits adultery. They were the conservatives. The Hillel school of Pharisees were more liberal. If she burnt your toast, that's a reason to divorce her. So two very different uh, opinions among the Pharisees. And something to add, John the Baptist had just been beheaded by King Herod for telling the king, it's a sin for you to divorce your wife and marry someone else. In fact, you married your brother's wife and he got beheaded for telling the king that. So maybe the Pharisees are trying to get Jesus in trouble with Herod with this question. But here's the first lesson I want you to get for today. Jesus took a stand on controversial issues. You're gonna, in a minute, you're going to see Jesus take a stand on this one. And um, uh, he could have run, but he took a stand. <laughs> don't you get tired of politicians who don't take a stand? I mean, you ask them a question, and by the time you get done, you don't know what their stand is. It's especially bad when it's a pastor. <laughs> I, I know Todd Freely has a national uh, television ministry. There's a group called the Emerging Church. It's kind of a liberal young movement in the church, and I don't think it's good. So Todd Friel says to the pastor of the Emerging Church, Pastor, is there a hell? Well, uh, Todd, of course, hell is not a place. It's a condition. And he went on and on, kind of mumbo-jumbo. And at the end of it, Todd Friel said, Pastor, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. What do you mean hell isn't a place? Jesus said, quote, in that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So take a stand. You know, I, I asked somebody once, when's the last time your pastor preached on hell? And the response was, he has never preached on hell. I talked to a Catholic lady. She said, I've been in my Catholic church for 15 years. Not once has my priest mentioned abortion. Uh, some years ago, I, I preached against premarital sex during my sermon. Uh, a woman of our church was very upset with me. <gasps> Pastor Brock, we shouldn't talk about things like that from the pulpit. I'm thinking, in this day and age, where you can't turn on TV without sex, what do you mean we can't talk about that from the pulpit? My point is, Jesus took a stand. If you take a stand, if you don't take a stand, you've heard the old saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And we have the churches today, many of them, falling for anything. I told you about, uh, in a prior show, about a very liberal congregational church here in the Twin Cities who brought in Deepak Chopra, New Age teacher, to do a series of lectures. What's the United Church of Christ doing promoting New Age religion? Well, if you know about the UCC, they're the most liberal denomination in the country. Anything goes in the United Church of Christ. But So a woman attended Deepak Chopra at this Christian church to hear the New Age teaching. Listen to this. Talk about falling for anything. The church was filled to capacity, 900 visitors. As Deepak spoke, 
I found myself in a trance of sorts, moved beyond my own belief by his presence and wisdom. The room was packed full, but there was little sound from the crowd. It seemed like they too were like sponges, heads cocked, listening intently, absorbing every word. Deepak teaches there are three Jesuses, the historical Jesus, Jesus the Son of God, and finally, the cosmic Christ, the spiritual guide. They are all one and the same. Chopra admitted that he gets some flack for this. I left the church thinking, Deepak is the real deal. As I walked to my car, holding my signed copy of his book, if the church won't stand for something, it falls for anything. Here's another example. This is in the secular newspaper in Shoreview, Minnesota. Here's a liberal United Methodist pastor who wrote an article for the secular newspaper. Churches claim to have the answers to the basic questions of life. Progressive churches claim to ask the right questions. Beyond that, progressive churches see their function to question the answers commonly given. Two questions I hear, number one, do we have to believe Jesus is God? And number two, do we have to believe that Jesus is the only way to God? His answer to both questions, nah. Progressive churches, we, what we do best is to deconstruct Christianity as people have always learned it. Here's a pastor who is taking a stand for the devil. And my point is, listen, my first point is Jesus took a stand. Especially if you're a pastor watching this, would you take a stand? And can I tell you what to take a stand about? Here's some stands to take. Yes, Jesus is God. Yes, he's the only way to heaven. Yes, there's a heaven and a hell. Yes, abortion kills an unborn child. Yes, marriage uh, is for a man and a woman. Um, uh, yes, God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We don't have the right to worship God the Mother to please feminists. We follow the biblical stand. We get, as you can imagine, people writing critical emails to yours truly, but that doesn't happen much. You know, much more. We get compliments. And you know the number one compliment we get for this show? Pastor Brock, thank you for taking a biblical stand. Our pastor never talks about any of this stuff. So everybody, the first thing I learned about Jesus and divorce, he's going to take a stand now. And, and let's see what that is. <clears throat> Look at verse 3. Jesus is answering the Pharisees about divorce, and he answered the Pharisees, quote, What did Moses command you? Here's the next lesson. The Bible has the answer. Uh, the Bible does, doesn't answer every question, but it answers the big ones. And so if you have a controversial question, probably the, the Bible will answer it. So Jesus, is, Jesus says, okay, Pharisees, you tell me. What did Moses command you? What does the Old Testament teach? Verse 4. They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made the male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Next lesson. God's ideal is one man, one woman, for a lifetime. 
Boy, do we need to hear that in America today. Marriage is not one man and five women, like in some Mormon cults. Marriage is not one man and a man. Marriage is a man and a woman for a lifetime. Have you ever thought of this? The largest nation in the world, population-wise, is Red China. Atheist Red China. They don't have gay marriage in Red China. But they don't believe in God. Well, why don't, why don't they have gay marriage? Because it's not natural. It's not the way God made us. The way God made us is one man, one woman for a lifetime, which is why even atheist nations don't have gay marriage. But we've got it now in America, and it is super tragic that some Christian denominations now have gay marriage. Not according to Jesus. Let's look at verse 10. And in the house, the disciples asked Jesus again about this matter. And he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Ooh, we need to hear that verse today. When's the last time you heard that verse preached on? I'm going to share with you three different pastors and how they in interpret the Bible on this, okay? Three different views. Pastor number one teaches divorce and remarriage for any reason. God is merciful, God is forgiving, divorce is not the unforgivable sin. So no matter why you got divorced, you're forgiven, you're free to find a new spouse. Position number two, this pastor would teach divorce and remarriage are allowed only if adultery was involved. If your spouse cheated on you, you're free to divorce that spouse and marry someone new. Position number three, pastor number three would say this, okay, divorce if necessary. The Bible does allow for it, but not for remarriage. So if you get divorced, okay, but then stay single as long as your prior spouse is alive. I, I wanna give you my view on, on these few, three views. Number one, the first view, divorce and remarriage for any reason, that's too sloppy agape for me. G why would Jesus have said Mark 10 if that was the view? So I, I think you can throw that one out. The second view that you can get divorced and remarried if your spouse cheated on you. Uh, I, I respect pastors that believe that. They're doing the best they can with uh, uh, Matthew chapter 19, 1 uh, Corinthians 7, and they, that they may be right, but I hold the third view, and the third view is this. I believe Matthew 19 and 1 Corinthians 7 teach that, okay, if it must be, you can get divorced, but not remarried. Well, what if it's for adultery? Nope, I don't think so. I think if your prior spouse dies, you're free to remarry, but if they're alive, you stay single. Just last week, here's a, here's a man who is divorced, and his prior spouse is alive. He's got a girlfriend who's divorced, but her husband has died. Pastor, can we get married? And I said, I don't think so, because Jesus said you're committing adultery if you do. Now, I was at Hope Lutheran Church for 29 years, and the elders and I studied this one. We, we did this in depth. And the elders came up with a different understanding than I have. They believe divorce is allowed if 
adultery was involved. And I said, but you know, I can't do that. And they, they allowed me to have my conscience on this. So we had two different views. We had view two and three. But you know what we were unanimous about? If your spouse has cheated on you, if there's any way you can forgive them, get counseling, get help, it's better, if possible, to hang in there. I mean, I have a dear friend whose husband cheated on her, and it was very hard on her, but she hung in there, she prayed, and eventually God has restored their marriage. What I want to ask you to do, read Matthew chapter 19, read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, pray about it, and do what you think God is telling us in those verses. All right. For the last part of the sermon, I'm going to ask some questions now that I bet are in some of your minds. So here we go. First question. What if I am already divorced and remarried? Are you saying I should now divorce my second spouse and be single? Am I living in a continual state of adultery? Well, my understanding is, no, stay in your second marriage. But if you've never asked God to forgive you for that, I would. Because Jesus said you committed adultery when you did that. Now, are you in a continual state of adultery? I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 where Paul says to the Christians, you were adulterers, but you were washed of that. So in that situation, here's what I would do. I'd say, God, forgive me. I should not have uh, gotten divorced, and I certainly should not have gotten remarried. So God, forgive us for that but then I would stay in that marriage. Next question. What if my former spouse has remarried, therefore we can't get back together? Am I not then free to remarry? Well, you know, you are right. If your spouse, former spouse, marries somebody new, and let's say he divorces her and he comes back and wants to marry you again, you can't do that. Deuteronomy chapter 24 calls that an abomination. So you can never remarry your spouse if they have remarried someone else. So then, are you free to remarry? I don't think so. I think you live a single life for the Lord until he dies. <laughs> again, read Matthew 19, 1 Corinthians 7 on your own. Next question. Are you saying divorce is the unforgivable sin? Absolutely not. If you've been divorced and remarried five times, if you come to Christ, you're sorry, there's forgiveness. You're forgiven for that. That doesn't mean you're free to go find person number six. Next question. What if the divorce took place before I was a Christian? Well, Jesus says these verses to Pharisees who were not Christians. I think God's standard is the same for everybody, believer and unbeliever. The fact that you got divorced before you got saved, I don't think is a reason or allowance to find someone new. Next question. Isn't it a burden to make someone stay single the rest of their lives? Absolutely not. <laughs> Read 1 Corinthians 7. Paul, who's single, talks about the beauty of celibacy. Gives you more time to focus on the Lord. You don't have to divide your interests between your spouse. It just, Jesus was single. The Apostle Paul was single. You can have a great, wonderful, full life being a single person. All right, so let me sum this up. Here's the way I understand 
divorce and remarriage in the New Testament. If you're married, stay married. Even if it's bumpy, stay married. If your spouse cheats on you, you're free to divorce. But if there's any way to forgive, hang in there and see what God might restore, that's preferable. But if the divorce must be, okay, you get divorced, but then you live as a single person uh, until your prior spouse would, would die. And I want to just say one last word on this. Do you know what the divorce rate is for second marriages in the United States? 65%. So don't think that a second marriage is going to be the answer. It has a higher divorce rate than first marriages. But again, if you've already divorced and remarried, I'd ask God's forgiveness and I'd hang in there with the second marriage. That is the difficult teaching for our day and age regarding divorce and remarriage. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we ask Pastor Brock questions regarding the Bible. Our first question today, Pastor Brock, is what is the Roman Catholic teaching on divorce and remarriage? Well, the Roman Catholic Church teaches if you get divorced, you should not remarry. And so it's kind of my view. They, though, also teach, uh, my grandma was a Catholic. She married grandpa, a divorced man. They didn't let her take communion anymore in the Catholic Church until the priest said, if you and your husband live like brother and sister, that is no sex, then you can take Holy Communion. And that's what uh, grandma did. <laughs> I, they were older, so I don't know how big of a sacrifice it was. But um, so, uh, so I, that's where I would say if you've done that, it was wrong, ask for forgiveness. I would encourage people to stay in that marriage. Okay. But the Catholic Church was more, no, you make it a brother and sister relationship. Catholic Church also has something called annulment, where if you go through the church and do certain things, and uh, it's, I think that's pretty iffy. So I, again, I, I, the Catholic Church kind of holds my view on this. If you get, re, if you get, sing, if you're, get divorced, stay single. Uh, they will allow, though, for annulment uh, if you go through the church so you can be remarried, which I don't personally agree with, but there you go. Okay. Yeah. Number two, what do, what do most Protestants believe? Yeah, I'm a Lutheran. I'm a Protestant. Uh, we're talking the Baptists, the Methodists, the Episcopalians, the uh, etc. Et a lot, sadly, of the Protestant pastors hold the first view, sloppy agape. They'll remarry uh, divorce people for any reason to anybody. I think that's tragic. Mm -hmm. A lot of them hold to the second view that for the sake of adultery they would remarry someone to a new person. And again they're trying to follow uh, those scriptures so I respect that. Uh, not many hold my view which is if you get divorced just stay single okay. unless your spouse died. What about King David and others in the Old Testament who had multiple wives? Yeah, King David had a number of wives. Solomon had tons of wives. Mm -hmm. Now, why, why did God allow that? Well, that, what I would point out is God allowed it. It never says he liked it. Okay. And so that, uh, the, the norm is, Jesus said, the norm from Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, you get married to one spouse, not 15. The Pope came out recently in favor of homosexual civil unions. 
Is that what Catholic Church teaches? Well, Catholic, the Catholic Church still technically teaches homosexual behavior is a sin mm -hmm. and that marriage is one man and one woman. The Pope is a very liberal Pope and I think what he said was tragic for gay civil unions. If it's a sin, Pope, don't try to make it look pretty. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, a lot of Catholics are upset with this Pope. Who I mean, this is the same Pope who told atheists, quote, just do good and I'll see you in heaven. So atheists go to heaven too as long as they're good. The Pope, the Pope is, nobody, Jesus said, no one is good but God alone. Nobody gets to heaven by being good because we're sinners. It's only by the death of Christ that we're saved. So this Pope is not my favorite. I'm a Lutheran, I'm not even a Catholic, but uh, I preferred the prior popes, let's put it that way, mm -hmm. yeah. Can I get remarried if my prior spouse has died? I think you're free to remarry then. If, if Mona, if you get divorced and your prior spouse marries somebody else, I think you still should be single. If he dies, then you're free to remarry. But remember what Paul says, and again, everybody read 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Mm -hmm. At the end of that chapter, he's, what about widows, for instance? Can they get remarried? Paul says yes, but, quote, only in the Lord, meaning you've you got to find a Christian spouse. You don't marry just anybody. Yeah. Is it wrong for a Christian to marry a non-Christian? Mm -hmm. Perhaps this may lead to a conversion. You, you hear this, you know, Pastor, I'm going to marry my boyfriend. He's not a believer, but I know my influence will bring him around. Sorry, dumb idea. Mm -hmm. I, I can tell you of people who had that view, their boyfriends never came around, and they are in a Christless marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't have Christ in common, and it's hard. So if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says, don't be mismated with unbelievers. If you're a Christian, you marry a Christian. Oh, but I love my boyfriend. Okay, do you love God more? Obey him. And that's for your, your benefit that he says that. It's you're going to be happier if you wait. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Should a pastor who gets divorced step down? You know, here's the, let's say you're a pastor and your wife takes off goes with another man and you get divorced and you're the quote innocent party should you step down i think you should just to acknowledge this was not god's plan and again i at the beginning of this show i talked about a pastor i know who's had three wives mm -hmm. never stepped down the church saw him with three different wives and again that says well if he can do it i can do it so no just for the sake of the church and also because you need healing yourself. If I got divorced, I'd step down as a pastor. Um, do we have time for one more? Just one, one more quick one. Can someone who is divorced and remarried be an elder in the church? Um, Paul says uh, elders should be husband of one wife only. Mm -hmm. I take that to mean, I'd be conservative on that. Others think that means one wife and not three, but. Okay. Well, thank you, Mona. Everybody, thanks for watching. And we just ask you to pray for our ministry. We're going to expand now because the funds have come in. When we get enough, we just keep adding TV stations around the country. So pray for that if you would. Uh, if you want to watch more of these shows, go to pastorstudy.org. You can watch them for free there. See you next week. Good job. Good job, Mona. Wasn't it someone at uh, Living Word? Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? 
you may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the pastor study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.